another episode of how we bounce back episode number four season two is in full swing it's june now summer is here and it's time for the san miguel beer and hollow hollow to set the vibes for the day maybe not those two things combined together that actually sounds crazy but you know us how the panois do pull out the lechon and it's time to feast at the backyard barbecue tonight's guest is an elementary school teacher coming out of clark county in las vegas nevada she had many office positions such as working in hr before landing in her passion and teaching. She's a VCU alum and a native of Woodbridge, Virginia. She's the most loved out of the whole family. She's my very close cousin, Bernadette Roloda. Hi guys. What is going on, Bernie? How's everything been? It's good. How are you? Doing doing okay. You know, things bearable now. I know we caught up before the pod interview. Uh, how's everything with you in Vegas? You know, everything's, uh, I guess, reopening. <laughs> so, oh yeah, definitely uh, reopening. It's hot. We're getting hot. into the hot weather here in Vegas, but it's still kind of tolerable. I mean, if you think 99 is tolerable, that's what it is Ooh, here. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Roasting my skin. Cooking yeah. It, cooking it like lechon at the barbecue. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, overall, it's good. Hanging in there at the last few weeks of school. So right. it's good. So, Bernie, like JB's episode, let's get right into your subject matter expertise in teaching. First off, what's been going on with the school reopening in Clark County specifically? You know, are you are you back in the classroom? Are the kids all back in the classroom? Still hybrid model? You know, I know with we, we, the lower cases, the vaccine rollout has been making everything a lot safer. So what's been going on school-wise for you and the kids? Um, school-wise for me, actually back in beginning of April, April 6th, actually, right after spring break, uh, we went half in person. Mm -hmm. So I am teaching personally face-to-face. -face. Um, it was kind of like a survey base. If the parents wanted the kids to go back to in school face-to-face, um, -face, they just said yes, and they put them on a list. Uh, there is only 45th grade uh, students who came to face to face and I got 20 of those and then another fifth grade teacher got another 20 so for right now face to face it is very hard teaching with a mask on that yeah. is for sure like oh, we wow. have to wear a mask all the kids have to wear a mask um they have to be separated three feet apart so mm -hmm. it makes the room so much bigger and so I'm having to yell underneath my mask <laughs> so the kids can hear me normally because there's such a barrier, like they can't hear you. I mean, I probably should have bought a mic, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's definitely nice to see the kids in person. I mean, I haven't met them until April. And so nice to put how they act and how they connected with me online to actually in person. So it feels like, does it feel like being like reborn again? I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, like the society, it's like, this was 
normal for us to have a packed classroom, no mask on, but just like, you know, just being in the presence of that space, do you feel like I need to reteach my own self how to do this or? I definitely felt that way because even with being online, I found it, I found it easier because everything was, you know, digital. You can instantly just put things on the board or on the Google classroom and things like that. Versus now I'm kind of having to work around using pencils again, printing out worksheets, like making sure the kids, if they're using the computer, that it's charged. Like right. it, having 20 kids in front of your face, all needing help is very, very difficult all over <laughs> again. Yeah. I feel like they have the resources at home. So it's like, mm. you know, they got take care of yourself when we were all at the hundred percent work from home. But now it's just like, Oh, <laughs> I got, yeah. you know, I got to re retune like, you know, my gears to like be back into actual hands-on. So exactly. I'm sure it's a, quite an adjustment. And I think the second bit, or actually probably the first biggest adjustment is we all know that teachers don't get to use the bathroom as much as they used to because they <laughs> all, they, you can't leave the kids by themselves. And so when you're online, you can instantly like turn off your camera, run to the bathroom. <laughs> I can't do that now. And I can't run to the bathroom because I have a room full of 20 kids. So I'm like scrambling, yeah. like calling somebody's, calling the office. Like, can somebody come to my room? Like, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I drink less water now. We were so used to just chug, chugging the Brita filter at home and like, oh, I got to temper it, you know? So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, glad to hear again, everything is returning back to normal into some capacity um, out there at your elementary school. But how about let's rewind back and take a walk down, back down memory lane, uh, all the way back, maybe not all the way back, but before you got into teaching. What made you want to get into teaching? I mentioned that you were in uh, office jobs before in HR. Mm -hmm. So what made you want to get into teaching? And then as a second part to this question, where do you see this going in the near future? The first question, what really brought me to teaching is, like you said, I went to VCU. Um, graduating high school and applying to VCU, I wanted to become a doctor. But once you get to VCU, you realize, hey, this is a very competitive school because we have a medical um, school right down the street. So it's like, oh, I can easily get over to that medical school, medical school down the street. Yeah, I was not feeling it. I wasn't as dedicated as all the other people that I've seen, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that kind of deterred me away from wanting to pursue that doctorate degree or even getting going into the medical field. Um, mm -hmm. But I also knew I always had a passion for kids. And I was like, well, what yeah. better way to still work with kids and the youth by being a teacher? Like, I can help them in their education and in their, you know, the rest of their life versus helping them when they're in a bed sick, not feeling well. You know what I mean? So it's like that kind of got me into this whole teaching and wanting to pursue being in the classroom. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, and where do I see this going? I hope that it ends up going um, bigger and better. I am going into my fourth year after this school year. And that's officially done with the probation period with here in Vegas. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the first three years are probationary and now I'm finally getting, you know, cut loose nice. so hopefully i can 
you know, take more classes. I'm really interested in going into special ed. So oh, if wow. I take classes going into special ed, that could be very helpful. And that's where I'm hoping that it will go. Right. Wow. Let me tell you, first off, like, you know, teachers are really the most underappreciated uh, professions in this country, in the world, but they are the true champions of professions. So really, like, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, uh, just differentiating from the medical field that, you know, the like everyone gets educated, every the world keeps spinning, moving forward, and the world keeps improving. And, you know, without, te I think teachers are just as a necessity as those in the medical field. And, uh, and I think uh, that, you know, with everything going on today, that'll definitely be recognized a lot more. And I'm, I'm glad that you found that because, you know, the impact you have on some kid that are those kids, they will like, I, we talked about this, they'll remember you years from now. They especially remember the elementary school teachers. I, you know, I don't remember, I don't remember my high school teachers. I don't really, I remember some middle school teachers, but elementary school teachers, and it was always one. It wasn't one per subject, right? And so it's a special bond that these kids have. You're definitely, um, you know, um, instructing them at a time in their lives where they're really learning their first things, right? And so, um, again, like, uh, it's really, we, we talk about a lot with our parents. Uh, we talk about it a lot with, you know, our family, but we really, really, uh, admire and love everything that you're doing because, oh, you know, you. it is, it is like more important. It's more, more, most important as, uh, you know, everything else on the medical side. It's, it's essential. essential. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'm glad you see it. I know definitely, like you said, these parents and these people around are probably really thankful for teachers after trying to be the at-home school teacher oh, yeah. online. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And, like, you know, it's like, you know, how are the parents, like, they're, like, you know, going to school. I think you talked about this in the Everyday is Sunday episode. It's like their daycare for them, right? Yeah. And so now with the, uh, what do you call it, uh, learning from home situation, you know, it's like, okay, the parents are there. It's like, are they, you know, like, I need, I need the teacher. I need Miss Rolota to, you know, guide, to help guide, me. guide my child because, you know, I, I, they're not about to open the books, you know, for them. Maybe some will, but a lot of them, you know, uh, you know, don't know how. And so, you know, definitely, definitely a cool thing that you're able to still, uh, you know, execute what you're doing in your role as a teacher, even when we're in a, quarantine situation so. yeah thank you all right brain let's pump the brakes on these Im the immediate deeper question and let's lighten the mood uh we heard the funny stories in the everyday sunday episode but what are some of the funniest times you've had with your students uh some of the funniest time okay so um so for those of you that didn't listen to the everyday sunday this is my all-time oh, two funny stories um in my school district, especially during quarantine, we got this program where we could uh, see all the students' computer screens just so we can navigate if they're on the right place or keep them on track. Um, there's this one boy, he, you know, I'm in fifth grade, so you get kind of curious. And all of a sudden, I see him going into Google search. And then he's looking up Ariana Grande. And I'm like, okay, I like, I like Ariana Grande. So, you know, that's cool. Two seconds later, it turns into Ariana Grande's butts. 
And I am like dying. I'm just like staring at his screen. I can screenshot it. So I screenshotted it, but I'm like, that bad. Should I keep like, should I tell somebody about this? So I was like, okay, let me close out his browser so he knows that I'm looking. But let me not just like, if it goes further, I'm going to tell. But I was dying. Ariana Grande butt. That kid is wild and ratchet. And he was definitely, he was risking it. Do they know they're getting uh, spied on like NSA or? <laughs> they know, but then like, I don't know. They forget in the heat of the moment, I guess. <laughs> oh, wow. That is hilarious. Um, Another funny story. When we're teaching online, I mean, the kids are all over the place in every room over their house, you know, in bed, in the kitchen, all that stuff. I had a student who literally took me to the kitchen on her computer, camera on, and she was frying chicken over the stove, like hot, dropping <laughs> chicken. And I'm like, how can I teach when I'm staring at her, making oh. sure that she's good? But I'm also trying to see what this chicken looks like. <laughs> She's trying to make a Popeye's chicken sandwich while adding her upper math equation over there. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I'd be thinking, like, are they really only 10, 11 years old at this age? Probably. Like, they seem so grown. Um, another funny one that I haven't told um, I give my kids creative writing prompts every morning just to kind of like ease them up and kind of like, there's really no right or wrong answer. Just write a paper, you know, a paragraph or something. It's more for sentence structures, capitalization, practicing typing. Mm -hmm. um, one of the prompts was finish the story. One day a wizard gave your teacher a magical bean, right? And then, uh -huh. you know, they fill in the blank. Somebody turned it in and I'm reading it as, um, as they're writing. This girl turns it in. One day, a wizard gives Miss Rolota a bean. Next thing you know, she's farting up a storm in the classroom. Yo, it what are you doing? Yeah, she was like, it stunk so bad. And I am like Ew. over here dying. I am cracking up. And then the end of her story goes, uh, what Miss Rolota thought was a magical bean ended up being a farting bean. <laughs> and like I just couldn't help but laugh I was like this was honestly probably the best writing this student has ever done for me so I can't be mad at it she be, she be thinking about that Chipotle or something <laughs> that's what I think I was like what and so yeah that beating, was beans and farting like that right right off the bat literally Crazy. and it was kind of like in a discussion board type writing and so once she posted it, all the other kids could see it too. And like all the comments are like, ha, 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 ha. And then you see a few and they're like, oh, Miss Rolota stinky. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, yeah. These kids are getting more to be mischiefs over the years. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, like they have no filter. They risk it all. I was like, okay. They're that the, the Kevin from Home Alone. Just a bunch of Kevins. From Home Alone. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> Kevin Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. That's that's hilarious. Well, I'm glad you got to share some of those stories. I know uh, it's re echoing some of them on every day Sunday, but I'm telling you the fried chicken. Like, <laughs> that, 
you, you, you sit over here, you're like peeking over at the camera right now. Yeah, you know? I'm like, that's the screen to make it a little yeah. bit bigger to look at. <laughs> yeah, like, show yeah. the chicken, show the, that look good, you're off for today. You get an A for the rest of the week. But, exactly. You know, make sure you ship the chicken over to us. Freeze it, <laughs> ship it over to, I got, my address is over here in, in the other side of the, the neighborhood. So, yep. you gotta get a piece of it. Well, I definitely want to keep us uh, on our on our toes with these lighthearted questions. So, you know, uh, another one I kind of whipped up. Uh, I just thought of this question today. If you were the principal and had a big budget and you had the freedom of being as creative as you want, as you wanted, what would you create in your school setting? And, and you know, you can go ahead and put the couches in there, sleeping pods in the classroom. You can, uh, I, I don't know, like... Whoever got is the most behaved gets a Tesla. What if you had the big budget, you know, and you had to be creative with it? What would you do? Uh, what would you create in your school setting? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I feel like I would make like a huge room, kind of like a game room, but not necessarily like with mm. video games. Oh, um, more like couches, nice love sacks, um, like snacks, right. Um, movies board games like things that they can hang out with some of their friends not really all the virtual stuff like my kids love to do that already but they don't really talk to each other and so uh, i would like them to you know interact with each other on a personal level like face to face and a comfortable level um i say snacks because what else bribes students than food like my kids love food let's just have like all those hot chips, like a hot chip bar for them. Mm, and that's yeah. probably what I would do, like a huge room for them to hang out. It kind of like a senior lounge. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like a fifth grade lounge for them just to kind of kick back and hang out and have fun. I can't believe no one has thought of that. Like, what? why don't we have a lounge for every grade? <laughs> or yeah, least, or something like, or at least like the oldest kids in the school. Like, the I feel like school. that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, they they already worked, you know, worked hard all those years from K to five. You know, they deserve some sort of, you know, like lounge type of environment. And it also, like like you said, it really increases the collaboration with each yeah. other. You know, and like mood booster definitely good for you know their their psyche. Is so that, I I like that. Maybe maybe you can uh, work work your way to department head at your elementary school and you know what to <laughs> do there Make it happen, now. right? Make it happen over there in Clark County. Check back in a few years. It might just happen. For sure, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll make note of that we'll, when we uh, bring you back for another podcast episode. Oh, yeah. Studio Session LA or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can show us pictures of the fifth grade senior lounge. Oh, yeah. So off subject, you have two loving brothers. The legendary Brian B. Rolota and the former guest in season one, the icon Bjorn B. J. Rolota. Can you share your absolute, this is going to be a hard one, can you share your absolute most favorite moment you've ever had with your siblings? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I don't know. I think one of the most recent favorite moments that I had was probably when BJ graduated college. One of the aunties gave BJ a timeshare in Florida um, oh. to go to Disney. Yeah, like they oh. gave it to him for a week, right? And BJ was like, well, you know, sis, you invite some of your friends. Kuya, you can invite some of your best friends. I'll bring some of my best friends and like, we'll all hang out, like pay, pay for your own. You know what I mean? 
Um, and then we went to Disney for like the whole entire weekend. And I thought that was a really cool experience because all three of us were, were together with our best friends in our own little suite, like having a great time, kind of like foreshadowing of what future um, vacations are going to be like when we get older and when we have families and stuff like that. Like it was really fun. I think that was one of my favorite moments now because I don't know, we got to connect and we're older and I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds perfect. And you're like, yeah, you're in college. You're we're all of age, right? So yeah. I believe, right? He graduated college at that time. Yeah, right? college. Yeah. So we yeah. were all of age. We like yeah. went out to bars, got drinks, and like we were all like pretty financially stable. So like when right. we went out, we we're like, hey, do you want this? You want this? Do you want to share this? You know what I mean? No one was stingy with money. We we're always like looking out for each other. So I really enjoyed going to Florida with them because that was the first time as adults that we've gone out just by oh, ourselves yeah. without our parents you know what I mean changes the game for sure definitely changes the game like when uh we're of age and you're going back yeah. to the same vacations we're used to like we know about them cruises and the uh demons <laughs> <of> age, but... <laughs> oh but yeah any, anyways you're able to do that with your best friends B Dot's best friends, BJ's best friends. It sounds like the vibes can't even like get any higher than that. You know, yeah. probably your mom and dad's like, Where, "Where's our damn invites?" But yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> I know, I know, your dad would probably want to like insert his way in there. But again, yeah, exactly. that yeah, in terms of uh, siblings and you know, uh, you them being your brothers, that just sounds like you know, like you said foreshadowing you know what to do now you know in, in future yeah. vacations so yeah. yeah really really beautiful story all right bernie well let, before we get into the more deeper questions <laughs> i know we said we we're gonna play a game i wasn't gonna even tell you about the game but let's play a quick trivia game oh. i found four questions and it can be questions from any subject you being an <laughs> elementary school teacher so it could be math English, science, you know, all the usual courses. So the catch here is we're not, we're not doing shots, all right? But because <laughs> we're already doing that with a lot of the guests on the show. But if you get the wrong answer, the only penalty you have to do is do a signature dance that either your older brother B dot or your younger brother BJ does. So show them moves for the camera. All sounds good, Bernie? <laughs> yeah, now I gotta think of their dance move, but yeah. <laughs> All right, question number one. Cheetahs, the fastest land animals, can run up to what speed? A, 150 miles per hour, B, 100, C, 70, or D, 15? A, 150. That is incorrect. The answer is C, 70 miles per hour. So about half that speed. Damn, they moving like a Tesla. They moving like a Ferrari if they go going that Oh my gosh. Yeah, 70 is still fast though, but that, that's more of like the Toyota Corolla fast. So. <laughs> hey, don't, don't knock it on my Corolla now. Yeah, hey, I, I, that was my first car. That led me to many adventures all over. So, hear you on that. All right, Bernie, let's see. The bust a move, bust a beat out or BJ dance move for the audience right quick. For the audience, let's go with BJ. Question number two, which planet has a day that lasts almost eight months on Earth? A, Mercury, B, 
Venus, C, Mars, or D, Jupiter? Mars. That is incorrect. You're close, though. It's very close to Earth. But it's actually Venus, which is uh, quite interesting. But anyways, uh, glad you got it wrong so we can see maybe a VDOT dance move right quick. <laughs> uh, what does Koya do? Let me see. Uh -oh. I feel like he might do something like, yeah. Like this. <laughs> Creating the box right there. Oh, that's a high school beat out right there. That's a class. That's, yeah. That's a cruise beat out. That's a club. <laughs> that's a club cruise beat out right there. Oh, Definitely God. cruise. Yeah. Question number three. What letter is not included in any of the 50 state names? A, the letter P, B, the letter Q, C, the letter X, D, the letter Z. Q. That is correct! Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I feel like I need to do a dance move now for BJ and, uh... Yeah, uh, what BJ do you know? Uh, I remember BJ with his uh, legendary dance moves he's developed over the years. And, you know, 2017, you know, one of them years where he graduated college and, you know, he, he did like this. <laughs> I have to raise a wedding and make the BJ face like that. <laughs> I think some alcohol had to do with that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> to the last question, question number four. What is a haboob? A, a toy, B, a sandstorm, C, a castle, or D, a hat? A haboob? A haboob. You sure you didn't make this up? <laughs> this is me going through Google finding the best trivia questions. I think it's a hat. That is incorrect. It's actually a sandstorm, which is pretty outrageous if you ask me that. It doesn't even go together, so. Honestly, educational me wanted to say sandstorm, but I personally thought it was a hat. Yeah, sometimes the personal side comes into fruition, but that's because you want to do a dance. So let it, <laughs> let's see another BJ and BDOT dance one time for them. <laughs> oh, let me think. If I could do the jumping leg, I would do it, but... <laughs> oh! But I can't. I might, I might have to just Photoshop a graphic of BJ doing You might have to, of BJ yeah. doing a jumping... Yeah, but I... Can you I, do it with your fingers? Can you do it, like, do it with your fingers or something? But how do you how do, do that? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta bend one finger. <laughs> I'll get the graphic for you right there. <laughs> All right, Bernie, let's get back into the teaching questions. I'm sure it's a challenging, uh, I'm sure it's a challenge teaching younger elementary school kids. Can you describe a time where these little rascals gave you so much frustration that you felt like you were truly having a difficult time at this profession? How did you, cue the line, bounce back from this? I honestly think that first time would be that first time this year, this new school year doing online teaching. Um, not only was it new to the kids, but it was new to the teachers as well. Um, we didn't know any structure or instructions for online teaching till probably about like two weeks before um, school started. And we had a whole bunch of things that we needed to do. But that first week of online school was so difficult. Like kids didn't know how to act on the computer. You had to 
you know, set rules and regulation of keeping yourself muted, keeping your camera on and all that stuff that like these kids were just so excited more so to talk to other kids their age and actually see themselves that like I wanted to stop them from talking when I'm trying to teach so much that I would get so frustrated, like to the point that like I had to turn off my camera and have to like regroup myself and think like, okay, let me put myself in their situation really quick. You know, being a 10 year old missing out on all of the fourth grade, not like this is my fifth grade year, which is supposed to be a huge milestone for me and I'm not getting to do it in person. Um, that really, really, you know, put once I put myself in their perspective, I kind of was like, okay, maybe I should lean back a little bit and give them more time to talk to each other because I'm going to make myself go crazy before they even notice I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, so just putting myself in their perspective kind of allowed me that chance to bounce back. Um, another thing is like having coworkers or friends that are also in the same field as you that experience the same thing you do. So you can kind of like vent to them and talk to them is very helpful because if I don't, if I talk to like, you know, my brothers or my boyfriend or anything about anything that's going on, you're going to be like, Oh, like, okay, what am, what are you supposed to do? You know, versus somebody who actually is in your shoes and know what it's like, they can kind of relate and give you better feedback on how to fix things and bounce back and maneuver around all the situations. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, they, they, it's all relatable. They get the language you're speaking, you know, they definitely get the, the internal feeling. Cause some of the stuff you can't really vent, but they, they know the experience too. Mm-hmm. And they know, know what it's like. So that, I'm glad that you were able to sort of like, uh, feel guided by, by also like, I guess their struggles for lack of a better mm-hmm. phrase as well. So um glad to hear. I mean, it seems like, Oh, whole mess everything with how this all started but you know navigating it through like look where look where you you're at now you know and getting back in the classroom so like it's so corny to say but the brighter days are you know actually coming definitely moving on to the flip side though you know i'm sure there were times maybe i don't know like after like uh all the crazy you know learning from home or maybe way prior to this pandemic you know, what is the feeling or satisfaction you get from teaching? Are there any particular things that give you the reminder of, you tell yourself this, okay, Bernie, this is why I love my job. Um, yeah, de- it happened very early on in my career. I think it was my first year um, teaching. I had this girl, she had behavior issues, like very, she, you know, you just look at her and she's like always angry, always has like a mean, like RBF on her face all the time. Oh, and gosh. like, you know what I mean? She just looked tough. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, like people are like, oh, don't get on her bad side. This and that, you know, this person's known to throw tantrums, but I had her in my class. She came in late, whatever. Um, I like to get to know my kids on a little bit of a personal level, more like you know, who are they as a person versus of what I just see you in school. And I think that this student really appreciated it because um, she would write me notes, you know, when she's not feeling good, when, you know, something is wrong, you know, she'll come crying to me. And it was really, you know, seeing her break out of her shell, even if it wasn't verbally to me, she's, you know, branching out by writing notes and 
feeling comfortable with me as trusting to tell me her feelings. Um, she eventually moved in the middle of the year out of nowhere. And I was like so devastated because we worked so hard to get her where she was at. Um, you know, that personal connection as well as her doing her work. And then all of a sudden she's gone. Um, a year, a year later, that next school year, she moves back. She's no longer in fifth grade. She's in middle school, but she has a little brother and she came back to the school and gave me a letter and, you know, telling me how much she appreciated me, how much she missed me and how much she loved me as a teacher. And I was like, that's that what I live for. You know what I mean? Gosh. Like those little story, like, you know, she's been gone for a whole year and now she comes back and she still remembers me. Like the impact that I made on her life, just those few short months, that makes it all worth it. Like it really does. And honestly, you don't, we don't uh, connect as, uh, I mean, I don't want to speak on you like in terms of being an instructor in front of like mm -hmm. 30 people, but I think we all know that one-to-one -one connection is totally different, you know, and it's the closest you can get to someone. And like, even if it's like a stranger or, you know, someone in the park or one of your students, you have that one-to-one -one connection and that bond. It feels like there's like, all right, like, you know, I, I, I hear your pain and I hear where you want to go. And then maybe she hears also your pain and where you want to go. And you start connecting this, that human connection, of course. Mm -hmm. and, and then you feel like, you know, like there, there, there's not a lot of times where we have that in life. So it, we, we're going to value it and cherish it, especially a, a student as so young as that is going to look up to you. Uh, as also not only a teacher, but uh, a mentor, you know, a guider, uh, being a light for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, one thing that we all, I think, uh, you know, recognize like going through these stages in life is when we, you know, pay it forward, but also uh, give back to people that really had put us into that, you know, into a better place in their life. That That's where you, like, and they came back to you and wrote the letter. That's where you feel mm -hmm. like... Uh, you know, when you say like that, this is why I do it. That truly is like, who else would say like, you know, that, that, that's the story. This is why, this is what's life, what life's about, you know, yeah. it's really, you know, impacting them for the long term and knowing that, you know, you made at least one person's, you know, like, you know, long-term life vision, uh, better. And that's even better that she was a student of yours. So yeah, uh, full circle, you know, full so. circle. Exactly. I do want to ask, uh, you know, that you made a big transition, right, from uh, from the uh, office job to, you know, when you were doing HR and then jumped into teaching, right? And I know there's probably a lot of people that uh, look to probably uh, replicate or follow the same sort of path that you've uh, created for yourself, right? Because you really, you know, making an impact on students is probably better than you know, like something hands-on the, the keyboard and not really make an impact on anyone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, work I work in marketing, marketing so I can't. <laughs> you, know, <so. laughs> you know, like for profit for all these companies. Like, all right, anyways. Um, so there's a lot of people that probably want to make that transition too, right? So what steps, uh, you know, if, someone, if a friend or a stranger were to ask you what steps you took formally and mentally to transition from an office job to teaching, what would you tell that person? So I first want to emphasize when I graduated college, I didn't have an education degree. So um, I just had a flat out bachelor's of science, you, you know, 
Um, you can sub, you can do all of that, but you can't become an official teacher until you have a teacher license. Um, it wasn't until like one of my senior year classes, somebody came in, you know, to talk to the class and told me about um, Teach for America, which is technically an alternative route to licensure for being a teacher without getting your master's degree or an education, um, education degree. So I kind of looked into that because I was like, okay, I want to be a teacher. I did not get accepted for Teach for America, but that didn't stop me because I was like, there's gotta be more programs out there. You know, there's not just one. So after a lot of Google searches and researches, I found um, this program that I had uh, attended here in Vegas. Um, It was like Teachers for Tomorrow. And they had a few um, different cities like New Orleans, Baltimore, Vegas, like a lot of different places. And I was like, well, Vegas is cool. It's out on the West. I've never been there. I've always dreamed of moving out West. Like, why not go and try it, right? So I applied for them. Um, I believe that was like my first or second year of living back at home, probably like the year of 2015, 16. Um, I applied. I got accepted, but they accepted me maybe about two months or like a month before I had to move to Vegas. Um after learning that, like, I really, really wanted to go. Like, I told mom and dad they were excited, but they were kind of hesitant at the same time because they're like, okay, you by yourself moving to Vegas, like, we don't know anybody out there. We need, we haven't gone out there to look for places or anything like that, you know? Um, knowing our parents, they always want to make sure that we're okay wherever we move to, you know? And so they were like, I don't think you should go. You know, as crushed as I was to hear that for this opportunity, I was like, well, if I don't get mom and dad's approval to, you know, support me to do what I want to do, then it probably isn't the right time. Because at the end of the day, like, who else is there to support me? My family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They, we always say like our parents know best. They knew best at that time. I probably wasn't ready uh, mentally, physically, financially to move out over here by myself. So I did decline it. Um, A few months later for the next school year or the next summer, I got um, another acceptance from them. They're like, hey, we know that you denied last year, but Mm -hmm. would you be willing to come back this year? And I was like, hey, like mom and dad, we've had a year to think about it. I got re-offered it. It's not only a month before. I think it was like way back in January, they told me. And then they're like, well, yeah, I think like now that we have time to think about it, you know, we're comfortable with you going. So um, parents finally approved. I went into this ARL program, alternative um, route of licensure, uh, where it was literally seven weeks of intense school training, like telling you how to do the curriculum, how to do lesson plans, how to do family engagement, how to, you know, uh, teach with bad behavior, what to do, you know, the rights and wrongs of, you know, doing things. Um, it was unpaid. So that was the biggest thing. It was seven weeks wow. unpaid, five days a week that I was literally um, in class and teaching from like seven to like five o'clock. Wow. Um, after those seven weeks, you know, finally 
you go to like interviews, you do, they help you with all of the badging and everything. You know, after the seven weeks, I was hired for a job. I had my license. I had my fingerprints, all of that already done. And I was ready to teach that next, you know, that fall. So that program definitely helped. Like if I didn't hear from that first program when I was in college, then I probably wouldn't have gone down this teacher route um, Mm -hmm. or maybe would have found a different way by probably going back to school. But this is a financially easier way, I would say, Mm -hmm. um, because you're not really paying the whole master's tuition. I mean, I can go back and get my master's for a better license and, you know, the, the raises and things like that, but I've already got my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. So like now that I've got my foot in the door, I can look within the County, like, Oh, are they offering like for me to take classes to get higher education and all those benefits and extra stuff. So yeah, like it was, I don't know. I feel like it was a calling and it kind of just fell right in my lap the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, even though with mom and dad saying no, the first time, like I really, really, really was like so upset and distraught. I was like telling everybody, Hey, I'm moving to Vegas in May, blah, blah. Next thing you know, it's like, why are you still here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, you, you like what, like what it is, you bounce back from anything that comes at you and you know, you come back a hundred times better. So right. here I am. <laughs> yeah wow what a what a story my goodness yeah. wow there were two times that i heard in your story where it could have your dream your your goal could have stopped it was like yep. you know not getting to was teachers of america i believe yep. the first time and yep. then also mom and dad saying like no this yep. is not the right and you could have doubted yourself and say okay i'm gonna go back to do and just doing whatever i do yeah right and like you you kept persistent you kept you kept going you did not stop and like even things like that seven week intensive uh training of like you know like of course like dealing with like a scenario like analysis like how to deal with parents and students uh, shoot Mm -hmm. speaking in front of a class of 30 and the curriculum and the courses Unpaid, you know, it's like you did unpaid. it unpaid, and you that didn't even stop you there. So that's three times, you know, <laughs> you kept going and going and going. And listen, like that, if you gave advice to someone, is just do not give up. Do not do give not, up. Do not give even if you're right there <laughs> telling you this is not right for you. They're telling you to give up. Do not give up. Don't let anyone tell you it's not it. And look where you are today. Wow, that's. That's exactly what dreams are made of right yep. there. Do not get discouraged if someone or something you get declined or if like nothing, you're not getting money out of it. You know, yep. clearly Bernie showed money is not everything. You know, it's like what you want to do, what you love. So the hard work paid off. Like it was very intense. You know what I mean? Like I was tired. I was in a whole new time zone. Um, yeah. I think I came like a, like literally a few days before I started training, but it was all worth it. I mean, I met a lot of great people, had a lot of great mentors there. And, you know, the program was very rigorous, but I'd rather go through a very rigorous training than one that is very drawn out. It clearly prepped you, you know, in the way that you needed to be without having to go back to school and uh, overly invest in something that you actually got for free. Right. And so, 
you know, look, look, you're already instructing kids at a fifth grade, you know, level. You <laughs> yeah. Know, and like, you know, you understand the system too. You understand the system of like, okay, you know, I could go back to school to get a master's, but I already have a good report with the, the faculty, the staff here, this school system. And, you know, you know what to do to navigate these wires. You essentially in this process got, you know, very street smart about it too, you know? And so, uh, wow. That, that, that is incredible. I think it really just shows that to anyone that wants to pursue a profession, just keep going. Even though it's yeah. like they're telling you to turn around, keep going. So, For sure. Um, so you probably answered my next question then. You know, with all the hurdles you went through in this life, you already, you know, detailed them all out pretty much in that journey of becoming a teacher. Um, if there's just one big piece of advice just in your life that, you know, you've gone through many avenues of, you know, what you wanted to do in college, what you ended up doing right after college and now what you're doing now, you know, if there's one big piece of advice you could share with the audience through your entire journey, what would that be? I would definitely say follow your dreams. Um, from my story, you can see that I did not stop no matter the obstacles or anything that was thrown at me, but I knew that my end goal was that I wanted somehow, some way to become some sort of teacher. And, you know, after the endless programs that applying to, you know, not getting approved by, you know, the approval by my parents at first, it was heartbreaking. But, you know, that heartbreak, you know, got me ready, toughened me up and fully prepared not only did was I going into a huge career change, but I, you know, want to point out that I did move all the way from Virginia to yep. Vegas with no family over here. Like, yep. you know, I have nobody here. So it was solely on me. And that's why I feel like having my parents approval was such a big thing to me because I mean, if I fall, they're of course going to help me, you know, pick me back up, but I don't want that, you know, to rely on that all the time. Um, yep. But to know that they trust me or know that I'll be okay is very, very, you know, heartwarming and encourages is encourages me, sorry, to keep going and, you know, really followed my dreams. And I do want to say, like, my family and my brothers were a big part of that decision as well. Um, without having them cheering me on and saying, you can do it. And, you know, checking up on me every day that when I first moved here, I think I would have been already been at home. You know what I mean? So definitely follow your dreams. Don't let it stop you. Be persistent. It will all come together sooner or later. It's a calling. Yeah, it, it really is a calling. Because I really, like, I see it a lot, even with teachers at the schools now. Some of them are, you know, they might have had the calling way before, but now it's just yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, it's drowned it out by everything else. Um, I mean, we all know teachers don't get paid extreme amount of money. Like, you know, we mm -hmm. get paid very, you know, for the work that we do, I would say we get paid very poorly, you know? Very um, old. <laughs> don't even go there, Bernie. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, a fight, it's a fight out here for LAUSD schools. All, course, always. Rosemary schools. Yeah. Every yeah. every county in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Like, teachers are very underpaid, but it's like, that's not what fills my heart with joy. It's like literally seeing these kids every day or like having discussions with them, just like, 
you know, finally seeing something click after you taught it and like they can actually do the work now. It like that's very rewarding to me. I feel like it's much better than money, even though money is awesome. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just something you gotta take with the profession. All right, Bernie, last question before we sign off. What's your favorite thing to do in the wildest city of them all, Las Vegas, Nevada? Not gamble. <laughs> That's not a Relotas thing. Hold on, hold I, on. Now. No, I can only gamble when the Relotas are here because if I got into the habit of gambling on my own, you'd see me on the streets. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. Me too. Me too. I I won't share a story, but I know what Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> but as far yeah. as my favorite thing to do here, honestly, like I just like uh, just being here. I I don't know. Like I go on hikes. I go on walks. I go out to the pool. Like it's not humid here. It is hot, but it's dry heat and it's bearable. So I like being outside. Um, and that's really what it, what the most thing I do. Try to stay away from that strip for sure. Yeah, tourist trap for sure. Tourist trap, even well, pre-pandemic tourist trap. But yeah, the sun out there. Um, I think we talked about it in JD's episode a couple weeks ago. It's just like you know, it feels like it's just therapeutic, you know, and especially in that day, it's kind of like a vacation. I guess essentially every day, you know. So. And your apartment has a pool too? Like, wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Vacation every day. <laughs> Vacation every day. Exactly. All right, Bernie, I'm going to give you a closer right here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You know, all of your family and friends are proud of you. Like I said, time and time again, pushing for your success, no matter where you go in this life, your brothers included, mom and dad. Most notably, I'm sure a lot of students look up to Miss Relota as their hero in the classroom and will remember the impact you had on them forever. I think most of us remember the elementary school teachers, like I said, many years later. So teachers are the most underrated champions of this world. So always know that the work you do is really what keeps this world in a better place. We miss you, Bernie. I know a lot of people do. Everyone tuning in. But we thank you so much again, and we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Tune in next week for our next guest, Devin Brzezinski, an American Heart Association Real Woman 2021 Ambassador who will share a personal story about our heart health and how we should be always looking after ourselves. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us with a five stars and leave us a nice review. Please be nice now, not crazy comments, all you keyboard warriors. All right, everyone, stay safe. Smiles up, big laughs, positive energy all around. Thank you all for tuning in. She's Bernie. I'm James. See you all next week. Hey! <laughs>